Welcome to In Plain Sight, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Conceal. Conceal is the creator of Conceal Browse, a lightweight browser extension that converts any web browser into a secure, zero-trust browser, providing protection against ransomware and credential theft attacks that bypass other security controls. To learn more, visit conceal.io. I'm Paul John Spaulding. Here with me today is Dr. Alyssa Abdullah, aka Dr. J, Deputy Chief Security Officer at MasterCard. Dr. J, thank you so much for joining me. So great to be here. A Stanford University and Tessian study indicated that 88% of data breaches result from human error. Dr. J, how significant is the role of humans in securing a company? And have you observed any notable changes or trends in this aspect over the past few years? So the human element, I think, is the most important element. The humans are the things we can't program. We can program technology. We've got an app or some type of system to solve for most of our problems, pains, and aches. But for humans, that human element, I think, is super important and is going to continue to be important in the future. When I think about the notable changes and trends, I think if you think about, and I might talk about this, maybe some opportunity to talk about this a little bit more later. But when you think about the sophistication and how the technology that we are developing can now mimic human behavior, that is the problem. But the humans aren't the problem. The technology being able to replicate human behavior sometimes is the worst problem. But lots of other changes. That's just one right now that comes top of mind. I assume you're talking about AI here, which we will get into a little bit more later. But that is obviously red hot, top of everybody's minds, as I would imagine. Not just AI, but there's deep fake technology, there's machine learning, I mean, all elements of AI. But we've been kind of grappling with this for, I would say, longer than AI has been popular. I got you. Well, one of the longstanding thought processes, I guess, I wanted to run by you is thinking about employees as a cybersecurity asset or vulnerability, because I have a feeling that mind shift can drastically change how you approach security at any company. Employees are always an asset. I don't think there's anyone that'll come and say employees are a vulnerability. Employees are always an asset, but we have to recognize that the employees are the front line. They are the infantry, the ones that are right there on the front line, accepting and being hit with all of these attacks. They're things that we're doing in our infrastructures that can protect the systems. And we do a good job of that, which is why spear phishing is so popular, because now you're attacking the human element. You're attacking the employees because the employees are such a great asset to the company. They hold so much information, bits and pieces of valuable data. You sit long enough, you may get as much as you need right from one human being. And so I'd say the employee is always the asset, but it is how we treat that asset and how we educate that asset, which will help us in this cybersecurity journey in the future. Well, you brought up spear phishing, and I wanted to ask you, because you've been with MasterCard for a while now working in financial services, I'm curious if the stakes are a bit higher there and the Dr. J alarm bells are going off a bit more when it comes to being on the lookout for phishing attacks in particular, especially given the data MasterCard and other financial companies hold. So I am going to separate financial sector out. Or actually, I'm just going to loop everyone in. I don't think that we are special because we are in a specific sector. I think all data right now is good data, is important data. That's why the adversary is also going towards your personal information as well, because all data is good data. But when I think about spear phishing, 
It scares me, not because of any specific industry. It is because we are seeing an increased level of sophistication, an increased level of human connectedness, false human connectedness that now makes spear phishing easier to believe that it is a real email. We are now having better conversations. Those spear phishing emails are now more conversational. We used to be able to say, look out for misspelled words, look out for bad grammar, all of these type of things. And now technology has advanced so much that spear phishing is now very, very relatable and easy to fool the unsophisticated and sophisticated technology gurus that are out there. So I think spear phishing just scares me in general. Dr. J, how big of a role do you think company culture plays in cybersecurity? And on the flip side, do you think a positive security culture can work towards really reducing those cybersecurity risks? Company culture is super, super important. The entire culture of the company has to, in the back of their mind, there are, of course, some industries that need that cybersecurity awareness, like right there, smack dab in front of you. And some, that culture, just depending on the industry, it needs to be top of mind, at least in your mind. The cybersecurity culture and awareness of the company needs to be there. I think there has to be a balance, and that just depends on the sector you're in, the services you sell or the products that you sell, the things that you enable. That all helps kind of say or determine where the company culture sits in terms of cybersecurity. You have to have one. I'm going to say that. I'm not saying you don't need to have one. I think it is sector and industry specific. It plays an important role no matter what sector and industry you're in. But I would say some industries that need to have a more heightened awareness than others. And even if you think globally, well, I'm not a global company. If you're one of those people out there that says, I'm not a global company. Well, your company culture in terms of cybersecurity is going to be different than a global company because now you've got global impacts, you've got privacy impacts as well that are going to play a role in this. And so you have to have a positive cybersecurity culture to help reduce the risks and how you implement that, what that positive means can be very, very different. We do things very differently in our company in MasterCard. We have regular cybersecurity trainings. We have regular spear phishing emails. We are aware that we're in a TikTok generation and we are doing small tips and bits and dropping things all over the place, reminding people of their responsibility in cybersecurity. That is what we need to keep MasterCard secure. Ratcheting it up to that level might not be feasible for a small company, and I understand that. But we have to have something in place to make sure that we're promoting a positive cybersecurity culture. Dr. J, an article in the Washington Post late last year talked about how AI chatbots are vulnerable to attack because they struggle to tell the difference between legitimate commands and manipulation from bad actors. You brought up AI, deep fakes, ML. This is such an expansive topic. How serious is this problem? And it could relate to AI chatbots or anything else you wanted to talk about. I am not the person that's going to pick on a solution. I'm not the person that's going to say, oh, everybody's hair should be on fire. AI chatbots is now the big enemy. I believe that 
there are fundamental challenges in technology, period. So if you want to take an AI chatbot and say, oh, it's hard to differentiate between legitimate commands and manipulation. Well, that goes for any system. Any system is not going to know who the actor is that is typing it in. Is it my real systems administrator? Is it an insider threat? That list goes on and on. What I will say is the problem is our need to focus on how we secure the data. I don't want to take us down a path where we're focused on AI chatbots and prompts and make this a command prompt problem because depending on your setup, the data could be the problem. You could have bad data. And if you are in a instance where you're not in a closed network, where you're not working within your tenant, if you're not working within your system, then you're opening yourself to all sorts of data and you have to make sure that data is clean and pristine and not being disturbed. That is really the AI problem. It's not the chatbot. It's the data that it is relying on. And that data has been a problem before AI. I think that's the important thing. A friend of mine, Mike, who's now the chief security officer of MasterCard, he says, let the main thing be the main thing. Okay. (laughs) And so I think that's a great thing to say, to remind people, let's keep the main thing, the main thing. The main thing isn't AI. The main thing is all of the other stuff that it is based off of so that we are protecting what we need to protect. If we protect the data in the right way, then some of these other problems that are fizzling up will kind of go away. Do you have any specific advice for smaller companies that maybe don't have a Dr. J as part of their security team? Because I'm thinking about AI, I'm thinking about phishing, I'm thinking about spear phishing, and a smaller company might not always have resources that a MasterCard or similar would have. So I was wondering if you had any advice for those smaller to medium-sized businesses. I'm going to go back to what Mike has been saying in my ear all year so far, and it's just February. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is focusing on the basics. We are out here trying to fight a cybersecurity journey against the adversary that has all of these free tools on the internet, right, on the dark web, that is using our innovation against us. So we need to make sure we're empowering ourselves to do the same thing, to use resources that we have. Number one, we always know that we've got to do better with passwords and passwordless and get on that journey. Number two, we've got to be thinking about zero trust. These are fundamental themes that we think about that you implement in your own way, in your own culture. Bigger companies can attack it one way. Smaller companies can say, hmm, what does zero trust mean to me? That means I'm not going to trust anybody and everybody that needs access to something, I am going to give them access. And then when they don't need it, I'm going to turn it off. That's all I can do. Guess what? That is a lot. That is great. I'm going to turn off the ports that don't need to be turned on. I'm going to update the patches on my printer, things like that. Man, you are just taking such a great journey right there without having to chase the shiny AI widget that's out there or the shiny bot that is out there. I think those things are really, really important. Continue to think about what you can do as opposed to what you cannot do. And then we've talked today about AI and kind of weave that in here and there. There are capabilities out there that are free. You need a free policy or what is a good password protection policy? 
policy, there are tools out there that have AI integrated in them that we all use that you can add that into your prompt and it'll spit out a starting point, not an endpoint. I always say AI and large language models are not an endpoint. They're a starting point for you to begin the discussion and then iterate off of that. Those are things that are at your fingertips right now that will help you along your journey. Allow those things to help you along your journey, but allow them to help you along your journey, starting with the basics. Dr. J, amazing advice as always. But before we go, I was wondering if you had anything else you wanted to talk about, any final thoughts you wanted to share? There are so many companies out there that have free toolkits, free material. Let's first of all, make sure you're going to a valid company. You are partnering with the right people. For example, I'll tell you, MasterCard is a partner with the Global Cyber Alliance. We have a cybersecurity toolkit or they have a cybersecurity toolkit, which we've helped them with free tools, free policies, free processes, all of those things to help you along your journey. That I think is very, very valuable. So instead of saying, oh my goodness, I need to boil the ocean or where do I start? At least it gives you a trusted partner that helps you start somewhere along your journey. And like I said before, starting somewhere is better than kind of chasing the newest thing that is out. So I want to just make sure I promote company partnerships are so, so, so important. You're not on this island by yourself. We're all in this together and trying to defend our environments and protect ourselves while fighting the adversary. I love it. Dr. J, thank you so much again for joining me. Thank you. So great to be on and be able to answer these questions and have us focus on cybersecurity culture and the humanistic aspect of it. In Plain Sight is a Cybercrime Magazine podcast series sponsored by Conceal, the creator of Conceal Browse, a lightweight browser extension that converts any web browser into a secure, zero-trust browser, providing protection against ransomware and credential theft attacks that bypass other security controls. To learn more, visit conceal.io.